save up to $500 on select Tempur-Pedic adjustable mattress sets and get a $300 gift toward pillows and more, all with free and fast delivery. The right mattress matters. We'll find yours. Restrictions apply. See store or website for details. It's hoop season here at The Roar, and we've got you covered all day long. We are The Roar, where every day is game day. Back here live on Roar, Fort Hill Natural Gas. It's a great way to fuel your home. If you haven't checked them out, I highly suggest you do so. Uh, they have offices located in Easley and Seneca, Fort Hill Natural Gas Authority at fhnga.com. That's fhnga.com. You can do a lot of things on their website. You can set up an account. You can find out more information. They have rebates available for homes, businesses. Uh, don't forget about that, business owners. Uh, you can become uh, a customer right there online, and you can learn a lot more. They sell appliances. They sell different things. So you, There's a lot you can learn about natural gas and just how efficient and cost-affordable it is for you. Go to FHNGA.com today. That's Fort Hill Natural Gas. They've been serving uh, the Pickens, Oconees, and northern Anderson counties for many decades. It's 1952. So go check them out. FHNGA.com. 654 Roar, you want to get in with us? We've got Jason Priester, bottom of the hour. Said yesterday we start talking some Clemson baseball today. We're going to do that with Jason coming up here in just a little bit. So looking forward to that. Uh, we talked with Tim Bray there from the Clemson Athletic Network and NBC Sports a few moments ago. Uh, this game tomorrow at noon right here on the Roar. 11.30 airtime for you. Make sure you stay tuned in. We got softball coming all weekend. We got men's basketball. So it's, it's going to be a really busy, busy time on the roar. So just leave it on. Keep the app running, too. Uh, this is a game that is important for a lot of reasons. Uh, one that I think really does matter a lot is it's a team that is in front of Clemson in the standings right now. And Clemson's got to rack up ACC wins. We know that. Uh, you, you don't want to have the letdown effect coming off the North Carolina win, the, the emotional victory that that was. And it was, it's draining to a certain degree, too. They put a lot of effort, obviously, into winning that game. And so there's some concern there going into this one. But, you know, Syracuse is 6-6. Six and six. Clemson's 5-6. and six. Clemson gets a win here and gets to 500. And you bump Syracuse down a little bit, giving them another loss. And so you have an opportunity uh, to continue to move above some teams in front of you. Miami's coming up on the schedule again soon. Uh, Florida State, NC State, Wake Forest. So there's a lot of opportunities here to start you know, getting some wins against those teams that you can pull ahead of. And it would be very critical, I think, for the, uh, the Tigers to try to get this one. It will be a quad two game in terms of the net rankings for Clemson tomorrow at noon being on the road. Syracuse is, I believe, 80, 87, something around there in the yeah, 87th in the net rankings. It's a quad one opportunity for Syracuse. Might this might bode well for the Tigers. Syracuse one in six in quad one games this year. Ah. Clemson it, just inside the top thirty right now in the net. Another important game as we get past some of these tougher ones. I think uh, after what Wednesday, things will ease up just a bit on the Tigers. A little bit, yeah. I mean, they're still all. The problem is they dug themselves a little bit of a hole, right? And so you're having to dig out, and when you do that, 
this time of the year, it just shines so much importance on every single game. But, you know, you get a win here. You get back to 500 in the league. And you keep the momentum. That's the thing that Brad Brown talked about last week when they lost. Was that they just haven't been able to sustain any momentum. Win a game, lose a game. Win a game, lose a game. Win a game. Win a game win, you know, eventually, you got to stop that that sort of rut that you get in with that and get some sustained wins and start a little bit of a streak here. This is the opportunity, I think, to, to really keep that rolling or, or get that rolling against Syracuse. Uh, I, I don't know that they're going to, um, you know, bolster their resume with a uh, – who knows what the margin is tomorrow for what they need to win by based on the net. But at this point, that's not what you're trying to do. You're you're just trying to figure out a way to get ACC wins. And I, I think it's a good opportunity. Tim talked about some guys who are missing there for Syracuse. Uh, they've got, you know, he's talking about the player who was, who was injured and out for uh, the season. And they got the guy who's been suspended. So an opportunity, I believe, for, uh, for the Tigers here. Uh, we'll see what the health is on... Hemingway and Boslida. I, I haven't heard anything recently on them. They were not available for the last couple of games. So we'll we'll see if there's any update on them tomorrow. The team traveling up to Syracuse today. In terms of where Clemson could have some advantages, clearly down low. You know, as Tim talked about, they're they're down a six eight big man down in the paint. So you gotta think there's one less body for PJ Hall to have to deal with or in Shefflin. Uh, defensively, Syracuse allowing 44.6% from the field. That's not good. That's 241st in the country. And they've struggled a little bit defending um, three-point shot as well, allowing about 33%. It's 154th in the country. It's not as bad as the overall field goal. So really, they're more susceptible around the rim, I believe, to giving up points. And, of course, you know, they're going to, they're going to do everything they can to stop Joe Girard. I mean, they're going to be all over him. I don't. The last thing, they'll, they'll, they'll take this game a little personal. The last thing they want is one of their former teammates coming in there in his homecoming and blistering them for 25, 30 points. What a great opportunity for him to have another awesome game, though. I mean, Tuesday night, he his, his shot making was, they were at such key moments. Yeah. And uh, man, I'm I'm pulling for him to have a big, strong game on his his homecoming tomorrow. You'll like to hear this. Uh, this is not a great rebounding team. <laughs> they, I mean, really, Clemson has a massive advantage in the paint with the way PJ Hall is playing and in Shefflin, and you know they can. This is a good game for probably RJ Godfrey to come off the bench and give them something productive. But they, they should own the paint in this game. I, I'll be surprised if Clemson shoots a very low percentage because if, if they do, that means they're settling for some bad shots. That That's one reason, I, Brad, as we look back on the Louisville game, I was so surprised that Louisville, I mean, they were aggressive on the boards, but gosh, that first half, they out-rebounded us. And uh, so hopefully that doesn't sneak back in them. And, and another thought that comes to mind is you think about North Carolina – coming off their big win against Duke mm-hmm. and maybe having what some have, have deemed a letdown against Clemson. Let's hope that Clemson has the same situation or doesn't have the same situation where 
they uh, they keep in mind what's at stake here and, and uh, coming off of that huge win in Chapel Hill. Obviously, turnover's a big deal. Clemson is top 35 team in terms of protecting the basketball well. Syracuse does force a lot of turnovers. Uh, they're a top 35 team in forcing them. So this is that's going to be – but Clemson has not turned the ball over recently. Well, and that's an improvement we saw Tuesday night. When you look back at January 6th against North Carolina and Little John, the Tigers had nine turnovers, but they, they uh, reduced that to five turnovers this past week. Yep. I mean, this past Tuesday. And uh, there was a couple of ball handling issues. And then, of course, the, the throwaway by P.J. Hall late in the game, which I think even Coach Brownell gave him a kind of a grin on that one because what was he thinking there? That was just a weird play. Yeah. It was weird. Got away with it, but it was a weird play. He did. But thankfully, as, as Tim Beray said, you know, they had that seven-point lead late in the ball game. And so uh, that sure gave him a little bit of a cushion there. Yeah, thanks to the putback from P.J. and the – Three-pointer from Gerard, and they made just enough free throws to hold off the hills late in that one and try to keep the momentum rolling at Syracuse. Chuck and Taylor's is up next. Hey, Chuck, how are you? I'm doing well, Brad. Mike, thank you for taking my call. Yeah, thanks for um, getting in. My question, my question is this. Um, in your opinion, you guys' opinion, um, which, which conference do you think right now? I mean, I'm leaning um, – the ACC is – and I'm not – you know, I'm an ACC guy, but it's it's going to be hard to debate that. I hadn't really followed the other conferences, so that's why I'm asking this question. What conference do you think is the best conference in college basketball right now as far as, you know, top to bottom, not just one great team or two great teams? And then my next question is, do you think this team plays better on away than they do at home? And I'll take that off the air because uh, they've lost a couple of home games. So I really don't know. I, I followed them really close, but I hadn't really paid attention. But I know they've lost some home games. And I'll take it off the air. And uh, thank you again. I enjoy the show. Thank you, Chuck. I appreciate you getting in today. Thank you for the questions. You know, the, the second part first. It does feel like this team has been a little more focused on the road. You know, outside of the Miami game where they just got blitzed. Florida State was a really big win. Obviously, North Carolina, they played extremely well against Duke and lost, you know, at the, you know, the last second there. But still, I, I feel like they have they, – they brought Alabama. You know, we talked about it earlier. They have the two best road wins in the country, Mike. Talk about this shit the other day. Alabama and North Carolina. Nobody else has road wins of of that caliber of those high of net ranking teams. I agree. Nobody. I agree. So they've they've probably yeah I I would say they played better on the road. Now I don't I don't know that that's a there's a different like there's a, a reason for that. I think that some of these have just been the road games fell at an important time where they were kind of desperate you know and, and really needed to play well, and so I think that. They've done that on the road. And, and when, when you lose a home game or two like they have, like the Georgia Tech loss and the Virginia loss, it puts more emphasis. And the way the schedule's fallen, I just feel like they've been in a situation where they've had to take these road games a little more seriously. Not seriously, but had to put forth their absolute best effort because there's some desperation there. And it seems like they've been more loose and, and more relaxed in those games as well. I don't know mm. what it is about playing at home that has kind of stiffened up the shooting, but... Um, I, I hope that those uh, those road wins continue tomorrow. You know, we talked about this. There is a lot of good camaraderie on this team, a lot of good chemistry. I, I don't think that that's 
gone away. I, I think they're a very focused bunch. I think it's been hard to keep the focus, you know, and that's why the North Carolina game was so important because it felt like for the first time this year they were sort of losing some hope and belief, you know, and I, I think somehow Brownell held that together. Or else you, you don't win North Carolina without it. Felt like what they've, who they've been the first few months, of this, that's who they are. You know, who they were is who they are. So they've had to sort of fight, I think, some self-doubt there with some of that. Maybe they've come out on the right side of that. Maybe they really have. That, that, that really could have been the turning point for them. But that galvanizes you when you're on the road. There's just a, a much more of a, you know, we're, we're the underdog, we're in this together, or we've got, you know, road warrior mentality, all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm not really surprised that they played well on the road. I am surprised at some of the losses they've had at home. I agree, and the word galvanize is great, and hopefully that brings a sense of confidence after beating North Carolina on their court and uh, gives you the the assurance that you can beat anybody anywhere if you can put all the pieces together. Who are the best conferences in the country? Well, it depends on who you ask, and you know you can look at the net, you can look at RPI, you can look at Warren Nolan, you can look at... Uh, you can listen to John Rothstein. It, it kind of depends on on how you want to look at it. Um, I so it, it, it's it's like picking it's like picking the college ball playoff. I mean, some of this is so subjective, and you just sort of have to you know give your opinion on top to bottom what you think the best leagues are. For right now, in terms of just the the RPI, if you just want to go off a ranking system. They've got the Big 12, number one, the SEC, number two, the Big 10, number three. Surprisingly, the Mountain West, number four, and then the Big East, number five, and the ACC, number six. That's pretty low on the ACC um, from a metric standpoint. Now, RPI is not supposed to take in what John Rothstein's pushing on Twitter or what you and I say about the ACC. It's not factoring that in. It's just pure numbers. But my eyeballs tell me the, the SEC is the best conference this year. And, and there's a lot of Big 12 teams in that top 20 as well. You know, it's, there are, but some are a little bit fraudulent, in my opinion. I, I understand. You think back to the day that we would that question would be so easy to answer because you would automatically say ACC. And, and now, you know, a lot of other conferences and teams getting up in, 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 the, uh, in the elite region. Yeah. UConn is giving the Big East such a boost. It's almost unfair. You know, like their RPI and their rankings and their metrics are so good. They're so much better than everybody else. They're carrying that league. I mean, Marquette's 11th in the net. They're good. I, I don't think Marquette's going to win a national title this year, but they're good. And then after that, I, I mean, it, you get a lot of like, you know, Creighton's and, and, some of these teams, they just feel very similar based on how they played through most of the year. But I I don't think I would rank the Big East. I don't know if I'd rank the Big East high. I, I get it. I mean, top to bottom, the ACC is probably still a little bit better in my opinion. But UConn holds so much weight in that. North Carolina's loss certainly helped or hurt the ACC's image a little bit. Anytime you you have a top team like North Carolina, they have to play really, really well. I don't know that it truly matters at the end of the day. I mean, obviously, you want as many bids as you can get from your league. It helps. It helps league, but you want to be one of the teams included in that bid. And right now, Clemson is. 
So really, I don't know that it affects Clemson, but me personally, I think I think the SEC is the top league. Tennessee, Alabama, maybe I've just watched more games of those teams. South Carolina is certainly bringing up the SEC this year. You know, is a team that nobody saw coming in terms of that. So uh, I think Auburn's really good. Not national title worthy good necessarily, but good, like really good. Uh, just a balanced, pretty balanced league too. You got a lot of the middle teams. I think can beat can beat the good teams on any night. And that's that's sort of how I judge you. Can your middle teams beat your? I, not your bottom barrel teams. Everybody's got bottom barrel teams, and they're atrocious. Can your middle teams beat your best teams? Six five four. When we come back, Jason Priester is going to join us live after this. Mark your calendar for February 26th from noon until 1.30. It's the annual State of Clemson with special guests including Clemson University President Jim Clements and Clemson City Mayor Robert Halfacre. Register at the Clemson Area Chamber of Commerce website at clemsonareachamber.org. Join area leaders and businesses for the annual State of Clemson, Monday, February 26th at the Madron Center at 12 noon. Advanced registration is required. clemsonareachamber.org. Valentine's Day is upon us, and you know, your team at Reed's Jewelers will make sure you find what you want for your loved one. From diamonds for her to watches for him, Reed's Jewelers, upstairs in Haywood Mall, next to Belk, endorsed by Roar listeners like Zeke. I'm calling in for one of your sponsors, man. Wally over there at Reed's Jewelers, go check him out. They'll get you what you need. If not, he'll find it, and he will definitely take care of you. Zeke loves Reed's Jewelers. You will as well. Reed's Jewelers, Haywood Mall, next to Belk, online at reeds.com. Whether you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, see for yourself why the team at Ralph Hayes Toyota and Anderson has been blocking out the competition for 75 years. PJ Hall here, letting you know if you want to stay on top during the regular and postseason, Ralph Hayes Toyota has your next ride. From their certified pre-owned to all their new 2024 Toyotas, South Carolina's oldest Toyota dealer welcomes you. Ralph Hayes Toyota, Clemson Boulevard, Anderson. We wrote the book on price. Ralph Hayes Toyota. Don't let turnover stall your business. HTI is the Upstate's trusted attraction and retention partner. We work with employers to provide all things workplace, including recruiting, staffing, HR services, leadership training, and team building for companies across many industries. Call Ryan at 864-513-6563 or visit htijobs.com backslash upstate to discuss how we can create a custom labor strategy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's corporate cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com sports. Ramp.com sports. RAMP.com slash sports. Taco Bell just dropped the new Cravings value menu. Now you can get 10 items for $3 or less, which means you can get the food you want for the price you want. It's almost like you can have your cake and eat it too. 
But in this case, it's a double stack taco from the new Cravings value menu. So basically, you can have your double stack taco and eat it too, which is a lot crunchier than cake. The new Cravings value menu is here. Get it at Taco Bell today. At participating U.S. Taco Bell locations while supplies last. Contact store for price and participation which vary. Tax extra. Broadcasting live from the Upcountry Fiber Studios, this is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. No transfer portal here. We're here to stay. We are The Roar, where every day is game day. From today, college baseball season gets underway. Man, I can't wait. A lot of expectations, I think, surrounding Eric Backage and the Clemson Tigers in year two. We'll discuss some of that, plus some recruiting with Jason Priester from AllClemsonTigers.com. Recruiting director, beat writer, does a lot of work over there. You go check him out, AllClemsonTigers.com. Good morning, Jason. How are you? I'm pretty well. How about you, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, just one week away. I know you're getting excited about that. You're a big baseball guy, and you, you cover the team uh, heavily this time of the year. Uh, so I, I do want to get into some of that and where things stand right now. Your excitement level for the season? I mean, is this going to be – is it the opportunity? We don't know, and, and you, you can't really – you can't guess injuries. You can't guess – you know, some of the slumps that occur in baseball, it's inevitable, and you don't always know who's going to finish where in the league. But all of that aside, is it like there's an opportunity for Clemson baseball to be special in 2024? Yeah, I agree. I think this team has got a lot of depth. I mean, Eric Backett said 1 through 40, it might be the deepest team he's ever had. I think there's a lot of depth in the rotation. Probably got some guys that will earn the opportunity to start that won't be able to because there's just not enough slots, meaning they'll have more options in that bullpen than they did a year ago. Um, there's a lot of talent on this team, top to bottom. I've been to a couple of scrimmages. There's a good mixture of, of experience and youth. Um, it, it, there's a lot to really like. If the, like you said, you don't ever know how things are going to play out, slumps, injuries, those type of things, but they can get hot at the right time and get a couple breaks to go their way. This team could potentially be poised to make a deep run. Yeah, I think that it's uh, the depth is what stands out to me. Let's start with the the pitching because I think that's first and foremost where most people's attention goes to. Uh, what is the starting rotation starting to look like? I know it's still a week away from really figuring that, but do you have a good idea of what that looks like and then who are going to be the mainstays out of the bullpen? Um, I think the, you're looking at starters that probably include Tristan Smith, Austin Gordon, Gordon who started a bunch of games last year. Tristan Smith was a freshman last year, started a handful. Um, you know, I think they'll be included in that. Mathis, the, the transfer they brought in who has started a lot of games, could be a candidate. Um, you know, there, there's probably five guys. Billy Barlow who missed most of last season is a guy that, that has started one of the scrimmages I've been at. And Joe Allen saw him pitch last Sunday, and he, he had a pretty good outing. And freshman Aiden Knock, I wouldn't 
rule him out of uh, maybe having an impact on this team at some point. I'll be, I don't know if it'll be a starter or a bullpen, but um, he's looked really good. When I've seen him pitch, he looks really good. Um, maybe one of the best freshman pitchers in the country. But back there, Beckett is going to have a lot of options. Again, I, I think you're probably looking at some combination of Austin Gordon, Billy Barlow, Joe Allen, and, and the transfer they brought in, Mathis. Marshall, Marshall, excuse me, Marshall. All right, do is is there enough? Okay, what pitchability? I think is the question. Uh, do they have enough? You know, power arms mixed with some junk, mixed with you know guys who can just get out of certain situations. Yeah, I, I think you, I think they do have enough. Um, most that I've been to three scrimmages, and most of the guys, you know, they've got the power arms. They're throwing up into the low to mid nineties for the most part. And you, I think you've got the right pitching coach in place now. You know, I, I think under the previous coaching staff, we used to see a, a lack of development with some guys. And now that these pitchers, especially the guys that have been there, you know, that were there last year, now that they've had a year under the tutelage of Jimmy Bellinger, I think some of these guys are poised to take big jumps in their developments. Um, guys like Gordon and Barlow. Barlow looked really sharp um, the last time I seen him throw. And again, he's got a miss most of last season. Only pitched a couple, two or three times. But um, I think, I think the the potential of this pitching staff is there to take a really big jump compared to where it was a year ago. I really feel like Barlow is sort of the the key to everything. You know, the straw, if you will, that stirs the drink for that for that pitching staff. If he can be back to what I saw him last year before the injury, what he looked like. Uh, in the fall, I was like, okay, this is this is going to be the guy. You know, he I, I, nobody hit him, Jason. This was, you know, the previous fall before last season started. But, I, I mean, no one on the team could hit him. And that was a pretty doggone good offense, as we saw last year play out throughout the season. Uh, what about the offense this year? Obviously, there's some, some losses. You know, no more Caden Grice. Billy Amick moved on and transferred. Uh, Grice went on to the pros. It's, it's going to be a little bit different team offensively but does it still have enough pop enough power and enough speed yeah it's going to be hard to kind of you know um replicate the the power that Caden Grice and Billy Amick provided in the middle of that lineup last year I, I don't know if they'll have the same amount of pop but I think you've got enough Jimmy Overtop um, I, I've seen him hit a, a couple of moon shots here in the preseason I think he hit one that still hasn't landed last weekend um, I don't know if they'll have quite the same amount of pop as last year but I think they've got enough in that lineup top to bottom with guys like Will Taylor and Cam Canarella and Blake Wright you've got a bunch of guys that can put the ball in play and there's a ton of speed in the lineup so if you can put the ball in place or put the ball in play get on base and you can be aggressive on the base pass and kind of manufacture some runs that way if you don't have quite the same amount of power you did last year. But um, I, I think there's enough pop in the lineup. I, um, I think Will Taylor's probably got a little bit more pop than he's been, been given. He is given credit for at times. Uh, I think he hit three home runs last weekend, matter of fact. But it'll be interesting to see how he's, how Eric Beckett slots those guys in one through nine and how the lineup will, will look on opening day. But you know, again, it'll be hard to replace what Amick and Caden Grice did last year, but bringing Overtop in here, 
helps offset some of that. And I think there will be enough power. That transfer portal, very, very important for college baseball. Cam Canarella, where can he improve? Where is he getting better? I mean, he's already considered one of the top prospects in his class because of that speed and that ability to play in the outfield. What's the next step for him, and how great can he actually be in 2024? Golly, he was so good a year ago. It's hard to really pinpoint somewhere he can be that much better. I mean, his 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 discipline at the plate is yeah. just so impressive. He's so patient. I think last weekend I seen I, I, he had a couple of at bats where he went. He took the pitcher double deep. I mean, he's double figures in the pitch, like 10, 11, 12 pitch at bats because he can just fight off bad pitches and has the patience to wait on the one he wants. But um, it, it's hard to pinpoint somewhere he can really be that much better at. He, he's he's so good out there in center field. Um, he's so good on the bases. He's got the speed. He, he's he's kind of like your your prototypical leadoff guy. He, he's your table setter, man. He gets on base. He makes things happen, and he sets the table for the middle of that lineup. Um, you know, maybe if there's one area he could improve on is, is maybe he's probably capable of hitting a few more home runs than he did last year. But it, it's really hard to pinpoint something where he, he needs to be that much better at because I think he was so good last year. Incredibly well-rounded player and it's one of the reasons he's you know one of the top prospects in this class uh jason you mentioned will taylor a year removed now a full year removed from football and able to concentrate solely on one sport uh is this another one who it just feels like the sky's the limit for taylor heading into this year yeah i agree um now that he's been focused on nothing but baseball you know for for an entire offseason he's not had that since he's been at clemson I think that can pay huge dividends for him this year. Uh, and speaking of a guy who I think can, you know, take a pretty big – well, I don't know about a big jump, but a significant jump from last year to this year. He, he's probably that guy. And he had a really good season last year. He, he along with Canarella, at the top of that lineup, that, that might be one of the best one-two punches in the, in the country if that's the way Eric Backus decides to fill out his lineup card every day with, with Canarella and Taylor at the top. Because those are two guys that, again, they just put the ball in play. They get on base. They've got speed. They make things happen. Um, they, they just they are incredible baseball players. Jason Priester from AllCompsAndTigers.com joining us live here today. Jason, I know you've had a chance to speak with Eric Backage already this season, uh, well before the season even starts. Uh, what, how is he embracing this year, year two, comfortability, and then, and then also dealing with expectations because, you know, everybody knows what's on the back of that hat that they wear every day. Uh, how is he in, in sort of dealing with that and embracing what he wants this program to be? You know, I think Eric Bakich, he, he makes no bones about it. He said he, His expectation level is high every year. He expects to get to Omaha every year. And he told me on Wednesday that, he fully expects this team to get back there. That they, um, you know, and when it happens, it's going to kind of open the floodgates and maybe lead to some the same, a similar amount of success as Clemson experienced under Jack Leggett when they made it to Omaha like six times over a 15-year period or whatever it was. Um, he, he was talking about being in Omaha more years than they're not. Um, I, I think that's the kind of guy that you need leading this program. This is a very storied baseball program that's 
kind of in the midst of a drought right now. You've not been out of the regional round since 2010. And I, I think you've got the right guy in the right spot at the right time to lead this program. Um, he, I think he embraces that expectation level. Um, you know, he, he doesn't make any excuses. And he, he's just, he says you got to go out and earn it. And I think this team's absolutely capable of going out and earning it and making a deep run. I don't disagree. Uh, I certainly think Eric Backich is a phenomenal baseball coach. And, and I just remember when he got hired, the amount of people who talked to me about him, uh, both from Clemson and outside of Clemson, who were just enamored with what he can do when he has the resources that Clemson has. He can recruit the kind of players that Clemson gets and then the development I think a lot of people are excited about now. We'll get to see some of that as they go throughout this season. Uh, wrapping things up here with you, Jason. Football, I know there's been you know dead period and stuff. This week, though, felt so weird, didn't it? You, you didn't go over to Clemson. You didn't hear from Dabo Sweeney. You didn't partake in National Signing Day. How odd was that for you as a guy who covers recruiting as much as you do? Yeah, so it was a little different this year. No, no, no signing day coverage whatsoever here in the late signing day in, in February. It usually will at least hear from Dabo Sweeney or, or get something, but there was nothing this year unless you went to the recruiting wrap up the other night. Um, a little bit odd. Little February is kind of a, a slow month on the recruiting calendar. There's a dead period in place, but guys are starting to kind of, you know, start planning their spring visits talked to offensive line target Ziari Addison yesterday said he plans to make his return to campus on March the 11th hasn't visited since the Florida State game when he picked up his offer I know Clemson's already got three offensive line linemen committed in this class but they want to add at least one or two more so they're not done there yet Um, told me he also plans to be back in June for the big official visit weekend and as of right now that's that's the only official visit he knows for sure he's going to take I think that's big for Clemson you got schools like Alabama Georgia Miami all after him and he, he knows he's coming to Clemson but not he, he doesn't know about any of the other ones yet any update on David Sanders I know you know Tennessee I saw he you know listed something a quote from the other day about that's one of his favorite schools uh any update on on him in terms of Clemson's you know, chances with, with David Sanders, the offensive lineman? I think the hiring of Matt Luke got Clemson back in this thing. You know, are, are they going to win out in the end? I don't know, but I, I like their chances a lot better now than I did two months ago. I mean, you've got a guy coaching that position now that has a track record of developing NFL talent, putting some guys into the league, and I think that's something that's hurt Clemson in the past with, with a lot of offensive linemen they've tried to recruit because the, the program just doesn't have that kind of history. But now you got Matt Luke in there who, who does have that track record. And when you see Sanders doing some of these interviews with some of these national guys and he starts talking about Clemson, he hits on all the right buzzwords. His face seems to light up when he's talking about Clemson now, yeah, even more so than it did a few months ago. I thought it was big that they got him here for, for the junior day at the end of last month, and if they can get him back here in June for the big official visit weekend, which it sounds like he's going to be here. I don't know if it's set in stone, but it sounds like he's going to be there. Um, that that would also be big, but as far as chances, uh, I don't know. It's hard to say at this point, but 
right now you want to just be in it. You want to have a realistic shot and then get him back here in the summer and see if you can close the deal. Just keep plugging away at it. And I think that's the goal right now for the Tigers. Make sure you follow Jason on Twitter at JP underscore Priester. Always enjoy our conversations. He's from allclumpsontigers.com. Covers recruiting, covers baseball, covers basketball. You were in North Carolina for the huge win. Can you believe that, Jason? You, you have seen one of the only two wins in Clemson history in the Dean Dome. How cool was that? Yeah, it, it was very cool. Um, it, it was one of the more unique experiences I've had covering basketball. I've now been to Durham. I've now been to the Dean Dome. It was very cool, particularly the fact that Clemson won and, and the way they won um, never trailed. It was a big win for that program one. I think they needed they needed to get some positive momentum headed back in the right direction. And I thought they played better than they have in quite some time, even in some of their wins. I thought the offense was crisp. They were, there was a lot of motion, had really good flow. Maybe that's the that catapults this team to success along the down the stretch. We shall see. Jason will be all over it covering everything Clemson at all Clemson Tigers. Dot com. Thanks, my friend. Uh, enjoy the weekend. A lot going on. Enjoy the Super Bowl. You got to pick real quick. Who you like? Uh, the 49ers. <laughs> Give me the 49ers. I think you're a smart um, man. That's why I have you on the show. You're a smart man, Jason. <laughs> I, it pains me to say that, but I'm going to ride with San Francisco. I love it. All right. Thanks, Jason. Take care, my friend. We'll talk right. to you later. Thank you. Thanks, Brad. Jason Priester, AllClipsandTigers.com. He's a smart man, Mike. I'm gonna put you under the put you in the, under the hot seat here in a minute. Make Uh-oh. you make a pick for too long. We'll take a quick break when we come back. Phone lines are open. We'll talk Super Bowl, Clemson basketball, Clemson baseball, whatever you got today. We can do that. Plus, we've got Mark Whiteman coming up in hour three. Don't go anywhere. This Saturday, the Clemson Tigers are back on the road for the second straight game as they head up north to New York to take on the Syracuse Orange. The first time the Tigers are taking on new coach Adrian Autry, and the Tigers look to start his time against the Tigers with a loss. Broadcast begins at 11.30 a.m. Catch it all right here on the Clemson Athletic Network. We are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar, where every day is game day. When you shop or donate at a Dream Center resale store, you're helping to change lives. The Dream Center receives no government funding and depends on the resale store's proceeds to operate. 100% of store's proceeds go directly to support the programs of the Dream Center, offering those in need a hand up instead of a hand out. Shop and donate your items today at their Easley, Pickens, Seneca, or Greenville store on Pleasantburg Drive. Donate, shop, change lives. Visit thedreamcenterpc.org for more information today. Do you have sagging, softer, bouncy floors in your home? Well, this could be a sign of rotten wood caused by moisture in your crawl space. Damaged wood in your crawl space can affect your home's foundation, and that can affect your home's value, and nobody wants that. Say goodbye to sagging floors and hello to a stable foundation. Contact Canty today for your free inspection at 864-641-0176 or visit CantyCanFixIt.com. Thompson and King want you to know that there has been an important change in veterans' rights. 
Vets or widows of vets who served in Vietnam in the Navy may now be able to receive Agent Orange benefits. Public Law 11623 is known as the Blue Water Navy Vietnam Vets Act of 2019. These Blue Water claimants may also be eligible if their claims were previously denied. If you or your deceased spouse served in Vietnam in the Navy, please call 222-0200 or online at thompsonking.com. Keeping your commercial roof in its best condition keeps your business running. Adams & Co. understands how important your business is to our community, your family, and your employees. Whether you have shingle, silicone, TPO, metal, or a bitumen roof, we not only repair current damage and leaks, but can also offer a free roof inspection to help catch small issues before they become a big problem. 864-260-0080. Call Adams & Co. for all your commercial roofing needs. Adams & Co. Making a difference one roof at a time. Hey, it's Toby from Wendy's. Picture a Baconator. The six strips of Applewood smoked bacon, the hot and juicy beef, the pretzel bun. Wait, pretzel bun? A pretzel Baconator. And it's only here for a limited time? And right now you can get $3 off mobile orders of $15 or more with the offer in the Wendy's app? This changes everything. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's new Pretzel Baconator. Limited time only or participating U.S. Wendy's. $15 minimum required before taxes and fees. Account registration required. Clemson Nation, this is former national champion Ben Boulware. If you live in Anderson, Greenville, Clemson, or Malden, South Carolina, and you're looking for the best birthday suit in town, come get tailored at www.thejunkyardfitness.com. Come by and see us at our four locations in the upstate of South Carolina. Your first week is always free. Thanks for calling Discover. This is Anjali. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just got an alert for a strange charge on my card. No problem. We make sure you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases on your Discover card. Let's see. Did you purchase something from a t-shirt cannon store yesterday? Absolutely not. No, I already have like three. Zero dollar fraud liability guarantee. It pays to Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. The Upstate's home for sports talk. It entertains me. I enjoy listening on the way home. 105.5 and 97.5 FM. We are the Roar. Back here live on the Roar of the Press Box with Brad and Mike today. I was sitting here looking at the TV. Cam Newton's on the Four Letter Network doing some interview stuff here at the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. He is still such an, a massive human being, and you just don't really remember. I mean, I, I remember Cam from playing, but when I see him out of pads and just sitting next to normal people, look at that, Mike. Do you see what I'm saying? I do. Sitting down, he is so much bigger than everybody. <laughs> I mean, not in a bad way, just large individual. Like You can tell like his knees are higher up than anybody else's. Even, even Shannon Sharp. Oh, there's like Shannon Sharp's half his size crazy people forget just how big and dominant i was trying to explain to my son yesterday funny that, that like, we just saw cam newton because he was asking about cam newton yesterday and i was like he's like was he any good i'm like was he any good cam newton was phenomenal he was the best like no one could stop this quarterback that i saw play live ever ever one man wrecking crew i didn't see vince young play live i didn't see michael vick play live but with my own eyes in a stadium watching him and I saw Cam play a couple times 
when he was in college at Auburn, in college, I, there was never a quarterback that was that physically imposing like he was. Never seen anything like it since or before. So, yeah, I had explained that to my son. I was like, man, he, he was the Heisman winner, a national title winner, and was an MVP in the NFL. Like, yes, he was that good. He went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> this is a great text on the Adams & Co. Roofing text line. Best player that Auburn could buy. Well, that's also true. But, uh, but think about today. Oh, to- <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know. What was what was just unheard of twenty years ago? I remember riding into I was covering the SEC back then. I remember riding into the title game in in uh, sorry in Georgia, in Atlanta at the old Georgia Dome, and people on the side of the streets were selling Scam Newton T-shirts with the S was a money sign, <laughs> and it was just Scam Newton. Uh, but he's so. Big. He's just a, a just a massive human being. Was he 6'6", 250 when he played? Mm. I don't know what he is right now. Uh, it's, it's it's unbelievable. You just reminded me of coming out of the Gator Bowl this year in Jacksonville, and there were some guys selling T-shirts on the sidewalk. A bunch of guys selling T-shirts. And these shirts were all suggestive and not, you know, not very good language. And I, I turned to my wife and I said, those guys aren't going to be real successful with the Clemson community coming out of this game. They're not no. going to sell many of these kind of shirts. Was was Cam a perfect player? No. Should he have gone after a fumble in the Super Bowl? Yes. Did he get absolutely routed? Of course. But I I think that people are just haters. <laughs> yeah, Cam Newton beat your team or whatever. But he was a he was a phenomenal football player. That's how I choose. To remember him, a texter said, you know, that's why I don't like it, why people will try to compare Jalen Hurts' touchdowns to Cam Newton's touchdowns. Cam had no tush push. You weren't doing – they didn't need to do the tush push with Cam Newton. All he did was extend his arms, and he's over the goal line. He was one of the best rushing quarterbacks. Not fast, not, not just because of speed, just pure sheer power. And it actually probably really hurt his career because there was a several years – I mean, Carolina went like three or four years in a row – where he was their goal line back. And I remember watching it then and saying, you can't do this. You can't keep doing it. He's your franchise player. It, use him in spots, but you can't. he can't be a, a, a ram over and over and over and over again. It's going to shorten his career. I think ultimately it kind of did. It took a lot of, took a lot of beating in the NFL. Uh, but still, it's, it's cool to see Cam hanging out. I know people don't like him because he's a little different. You know, people don't like anybody who's different for whatever. He got, he got to be just as normal as you are. That's all people you like. I don't understand that. Who cares if Cam's different? Doesn't take away from the fact he was a great, great football player. I still, I still like Cam Newton. I still recognize the player he was and the, the, you know, greatness that he played with for a lot of his career. A lot. People always want to point to the, the low lights. I told you though, Mike, what's going to happen in the Super Bowl? Brock Purdy throws three interceptions. He's Jimmy G. He wins the game. He's Tom Brady. Wait and see. I'm going to be watching. Guaranteed lock there. Uh, speaking of greats, Hall of Fame class was announced yesterday, Mike. Have you had a chance to to peruse the names on this list? You you told me one good one there that I, I'm excited about. Well, <laughs> the one thing that I thought was hilarious was that the ACC tweeted out uh, a, a post congratulating former members of the ACC in the Hall of Fame class of 2024. 
uh, including uh, Andre Johnson and Dwight Freeney, who never played an ACC game in their lives. That's awesome. ACC high-flying action. Played at Miami and Syracuse, so I, <laughs> I guess it counts. Julius Pepper certainly counts. He was one of the big names that will be enshrined at uh, Canton this summer. Uh, former North Carolina Tar Heel, played two sports, and went on to play for the Carolina Panthers, team we were just talking about a minute ago. Played with Cam Newton for a long time. Uh, this was a no-brainer, in my opinion, for a for a Hall of Famer. Uh, Peppers, for those who don't remember, nine-time Pro Bowler, uh, fourth in the NFL in uh, among pass rushers for for sack list, 159 and a half uh, sacks. Um, that's fourth since it became a statistic back in 1982. 10 sacks 10 times in 17 seasons and 12 sacks three times. He also had 11 career interceptions for a defensive lineman. Wow. Forced 52 fumbles and knocked down 82 passes. No-brainer. Absolute no-brainer that Joyce Peppers is a Hall of Famer. I got no issue with that. Devin Hester also in this class for his punt and kick return uh, specialties. Probably, probably the best of my lifetime. Probably the best kick returner, punt returner of my lifetime. I, I got no problem with him being in there either. Uh, didn't really do a whole lot in his career outside of being good at that. But when you're really, really good at that, if you're if, if you're the best at all time, if you're considered one of the best at all time, and you have and you have historical numbers of returning kicks and punts, I think you have to be in the Hall of Fame. I don't think you have to be a guy who played 12 years and caught. 10,000 yards. You know what I mean, Mike? I don't think you have to do all that to be in the Hall of Fame. Do you agree? I do. I do. Yeah. He's also the only returner to ever lead the league in both kickoff and punt returns. And he's he had a great career doing that. Uh, Dwight Freeney, I guess. I mean, as much as Julius Peppers is a no-brainer, Freeney's, I guess, a little more borderline. He is top 20 all-time in sacks. 125 and a half, seven-time Pro Bowler. Uh, I'm I'm fine with it. I'm not I'm not upset that he's in there, but he's a little more fringe. Andre Johnson, you know I I think he was sort of one of the the lost great receivers of his time. You know he think of guys like Torrey Holt, you know who were unbelievable players, but they just didn't get all the attention all the time. You know Ocho Cinco and guys like that were the the big names. Terrell Owens, you know, were the big names. But man, don't don't sleep on what Johnson did. Uh, Fourteen thousand career receiving receiving yards, seven Pro Bowl selections, seventy touchdowns, and played for the Houston Texans for almost his entire career. Maybe that's why he got kind of lost in some of the shuffle. But uh, I think he's I think he's pretty deserving. Help me with the uh, pronunciation on this linebacker here, Randy Gratishar. Yeah, Gratishar. Okay. Yeah, he gotcha. he's one of the like the holdover, you know, the veteran guys. Yeah, uh, who who got in? He played in the seventies and eighties. Uh, Patrick Willis got in, even though he only played eight seasons. He had a I think it was a toe injury that just he never could heal from. He was unbelievably dominant when he played. It just like he just didn't play that much for me. Even when he before he quit, he was missing a lot of games. It felt like uh, with with the injury issues, but. Played eight seasons and uh, five-time first-team 
all-pro selection, led the league in tackles, I think a couple of times. Uh, was really good, really, really good. Had six 100-tackle seasons. So I, I think I'm okay with him as well. I don't I don't get bent out of shape about the Hall of Fame stuff. Do you? Do you like get mad if someone's in there you disagree with? Not NFL. Maybe with baseball, I, I'm a little bit more particular. You know, I just see something here, Brad. I didn't know that uh, Julius Peppers – played basketball for North Carolina as well as football. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was on one of those um, Final Four teams. Yeah, he was phenomenal basketball player, too. Nobody wanted to get in his way. Just big-bodied guy, uh, could rebound, could dunk, you know, get putbacks. He was he was a tough guy to handle. Super athletic. I mean, one of the one of the premier athletes of his, of his era, for sure. Texture says, anybody that played fantasy football in the 2000s know Andre Johnson belongs. Thank you, Billy. Could not agree more. You are 100% accurate on that. Uh, he was. He was really, really, really good uh, for, for fantasy football players like myself back then. Uh, so, <laughs> so fans taking some shots at uh, Peppers and his North Carolina degree, which is always up for debate. Uh, really, anytime you want to put it up there. 654 Roar, you want to get in with us today. We've got Mark Whiteman coming up top of the hour. Super Bowl on Sunday. Mike, I I did not I straight I, I just did not want to steer us towards a Super Bowl menu for Sunday because you you are on PhD weight loss and you're doing great and you look great. You're having great success. So I I didn't want to steer us in that direction. That's okay. That's okay. It's a big deal for a lot of folks. You got to have a good menu. You got to have a good spread. But I was afraid to sit and talk to you about the chicken wings I'm going to have and all the dips. Hey, I can handle it. I can handle it. That's just the crowd. You know, Uh, and then the uh, the uh, you know just just all the 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 desserts and all the things that we're going to enjoy. I just I did want to bring it up for for this year. You'll see me on the side of the table with the raw veggies. (laughs) I was going to have a veggie tray, so if you want to stop by, you can have some veggies. I'll be avoiding the ranch dip for, for a few more weeks, you know, things like that. But, hey, it's going great. I, I've really enjoyed getting to know the team at PhD here in, in the Greenville area. And, you know, PhD weight loss is all over the place. So, not that we're we're doing a commercial right now, but it's it's been a great experience. And, uh, man, I can't wait to start telling folks all the details. Those will, those will be coming to you here in the next few weeks. Are you feeling good? I really am. That's I what really I like am. To hear. I had a little adjustment uh, right at the beginning, but but really I have to take the blame for it because I was drinking so many cokes and sweet teas a day. So when I first started, I had a little bit of withdrawal from yep. from just the getting sugar. off the sugar and yeah. the caffeine. It's amazing how and, addicted uh, you are to the sugar. It, it really is. So, yep. but it's it's going really well, and they are so supportive. They're so encouraging. So, really appreciate those great folks. I'm happy for you. You're doing really well. And continue. And, and, you know, here's another thing with that, Brad. I got to watch William Quackenbush and Don Munson and John Height. I got to see them transform themselves. Right. Although, you know, Quag didn't really need to lose that much. But it, it's more than just losing weight. It's it's learning a lot about a healthy diet. And so... It's learning how to maintain it is the, that's right. is the biggest thing. Once you get that's to a certain right. point, you'll you'll learn how to eat for the rest of your life. It'll that's prolong exactly your life. right. So, PhD weight loss. Go check them out. Mike's doing a great job on that. John still looks great. Still doing a great job. So um, it works. Six five four roar. Before we move on to to Mark, when we come back in hour three, we'll talk to Mark Whiteman. But then I want to get into a couple other Super Bowl storylines. Uh, we'll go over some of some of our, our picks. What we expect to see 
in the game, how it's going to play out uh, from a you know winner standpoint, and the players that we think are going to be. I, I I've already got a list of players I think are going to are just going to absolutely blow up in this game. So we'll we'll go over some of that, and then we'll get ready for the weekend. Not just the Super Bowl, but there's a college football. I mean, uh, sorry, college basketball slate to talk a little bit about. We'll go through some of the big games to keep an eye on. You know, now that Clemson is where it is right now in the net rankings, you're paying attention to a lot of other teams and what they're doing in terms of standings and net and all that kind of stuff. So we'll we'll hit on all of that and a whole lot more when hour number three gets started here. On the roar in just a few moments, Mark Wyman from WYFF News 4 next. WCCP FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville Anderson, WAHT AM 1560, Cowpens, 97.5, Spartanburg. We are the roar.